Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. The only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of everyone else at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Moniac, and today we are back to Raw Real Monsters. I have no idea what number it is. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. And we actually have three amazing guests today uh, because we invited on the three black halflings of the podcast entitled Three Black Halflings. Um, And we get into some absolutely terrifying conversations about the monsters that they wanted to bring to us. But before we do that, we have an iTunes review, and this one comes from Toaster Lover amazing name and they entitled it makes me a better dm five stars most of my experience as dm i didn't have a lot of information except for the books and i have learned a lot from this podcast and laughed a lot there is one question that i wish you could address buying weapons and armor or specialty items does the dm just make up a stall where there are specialty items and the pcs haggle and buy things you know what We have another mailbag of holding on the way. And so DM Toaster Lover, stay tuned because we'll answer that question there. But with that out of the way, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. So today for the meet, we have the absolute pleasure of having the amazing people behind Three Black Halflings. And you know what? I'm just going to let you all introduce yourselves. Well, no, we'll preface. I'm a huge fan. I Like, I, like I've already told you, I've listened to absolutely everything. And the stuff that I have missed, I'm going to go back and listen to it as well. So I'm beyond excited. Neil, you're legit like the ultimate fan. Oh, yeah. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> if you ever need a hype man if you ever need a hype man yeah, that's, that's good to know that's good yeah. to know Excellent. I feel like I'm on a date I'm like do you say this to all your podcast guests <laughs> yeah but Neil's I will yeah, say that well, I do tell them all I mean and this is just good podcasting podcasting etiquette if you have a guest on it's not hard Google exists go find some other stuff um, yeah yeah engage, engage with that content before yeah. you engage with them secondly no i just listen to everything that you guys put out and uh i do i, I will do not do that for everyone <laughs> and, oh, thank we'll you. edit that yeah. part out obviously neil because we don't okay. want people to know that. <laughs> perfect <laughs> so yeah oh so you guys yeah, are introducing yourselves that's what that's what we got, oh, yeah. we got oh, sorry, sorry. yeah take a minute to introduce yourselves yeah, okay, we'll go in normal order. Uh, so, hey, yeah. uh, I'm Jasper William Cartwright. Um, and yeah, one third of three black halflings. And um, uh, yeah, I guess, Yonata, you go next. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. Um, I'm Leander Nati Lewis Nyal, but everybody calls me a Nazi, and I'm also one third of three black halflings. How about you, Jamie? Uh, my name is Jeremy Cobb, although a variety of different people call me a variety of different things uh if you'd like to hear any of those things uh, go over to our show uh in the meantime Already do, uh, neil or chris do either one of you want to yeah. give me a nickname i'll use it on the show uh i don't feel like i know you well <laughs> maybe, enough maybe to give you a nickname. not important <laughs> yeah that's okay it can even be a pun <laughs> it's usually a pun on the word cob <laughs> yeah it's usually a pun neil you're probably better at this yeah. man I'll put the pressure on you. <laughs> okay, so it's 
What Thank a you. great Well, and you. he obviously is, <laughs> he's pawning it off on the guy who has way more context than him. So then my thought is actually <laughs> to combine it and say um, Jasper and Cobbs. Ooh, very Ooh. nice. Very nice. That's very a good one. Nice. That's okay. A good one. Okay. Very, very That's what I know. He messaged me. He was like, hey, you it. Why are you stealing yeah, Chris's geez. thunder, Neil? Stop Neil, come do on, Chris needs his flowers, too. <laughs> You're just stepping all over him. <laughs> yeah, so my name is Jeremy Cobb, uh, but Neil calls me Jasper and Cobbs. I guess he yes. calls me and Jasper, yeah. Jasper and Cobbs. And as, as the collective Jasper and Cobbs, uh, I am, two in fact, two-thirds three of three black half <laughs> Perfect. So as we do with everyone, we'll jump in. We'll do a quick interview to get to know you a little bit more, and then we'll jump into the topic we have, which I'm very excited about. Um, but the our question number one is always, tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, long walks on the beach, anything, really anything you think our listeners. Maybe, yeah, maybe even like how you got started. As a as a group doing this, what I think would be and if you want me to answer cool. because I know that no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neil knows the story's been told many times. Uh, we we uh, yeah, we explained it on the show. I think two uh, at least once, possibly twice, and then yeah. we did it on Dragon Talk. Yeah, too. we've done it a few times. So. Hey, why don't one of you guys take the intro? Uh, see if you know the story. You should definitely know the story yeah. by now. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, this is this is your chance. This is your chance after you've said it so much. Where like you you start to finish each other's yeah, sentences yeah. and like this is the really cute version. Absolutely, of yeah, yeah, story yeah, yeah, now. yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, Jasper, do you want to start since it it did mostly you do start? It. Actually, you know what? Yeah, you know what? let's give a different yeah. version. Let's give a different do version. do it from your perspective, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. It all started when I introduced Jasper yes. to D and D back in 2019. I had just begun DMing. I think within a week or two of me meeting Jasper for the first time. And I was—I had gotten into D&D. I, the first session I had played, I think, was in October of the previous year. This was in March of 2019. So October 2018, I played for the first time. March of 2019, I DM'd for the first time. I met Jasper. I said, hey, Jasper, uh, and also the cast of the show that we're in and crew of the show that we're in. You Have you guys ever heard of Dungeons & Dragons? It's a cool game. And people were like, I've heard of mm. it, but I never <laughs> played it. And I was like, oh, well, that's about to change. And they, we had almost, I think, Every single cast member and yeah. crew member. It was mad. You had to DM for like eight uh, people. Eventually. <laughs> oh. Yes. Uh, and then we also had, from the theater that we were doing the show at, a couple of the dudes from the theater like came guest and played NPCs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as guests. Yeah, they played guest NPCs. It was a blast. And I did a whole campaign with Jasper that ended at the end of the show. Uh, and then the end of that particular play. And then Jasper, you started DMing. The fall of that same year, we played together for a while, and then uh, last year during lockdown, we were playing a ton of D&D, because we brought back that old campaign as well, and Jasper had a great idea. He thought to himself, hey, I really like uh, playing D&D, but how can I turn that into something that is more substantial than me just having a hobby, Uh, and potentially be something that is a... who knows, money-making or at least important. Um, so he checked on YouTube, didn't see anything really about black people doing D&D other than Terry Crews guesting on a critical <laughs> role one shot one time. That's all it was. And That's he all came it was. to me because we used to, yes, we used to came, we used to talk about D&D all the time. And he came to me and was like, hey, Jeremy, you want to do a D&D show together? I was like, sure. 
And at one point it was going to be like a podcast and YouTube channel. Then we switched to just a podcast and then we recorded an episode. It was not good. It was terrible. (laughs) Let's be honest. It was terrible. It was bad. (laughs) I have never heard it. I just know that it wasn't good. I have it. I do have it. One day. I feel like it's a a Patreon stretch. Patreon stretch. That's what you have to get your hands on right there as the ultimate bootleg. Your Patreon community and just have this really big push for like, that's the ultimate Patreon goal. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, uh, recorded that episode it was a bust jasper but we did enjoy doing yes it is the thing and jasper was like maybe we need a third person and also to hold our mics in one spot and also to not have fans running at the same time <laughs> and so he went out and uh got unati uh, whom he went to drama school with uh back in the day uh because we wanted a black person and a woman so we were like hey and then as far as the name goes that's a reference to a character that i had made uh, for Jasper's campaign, Dennis Colspring. Uh, he's a black halfling, but the difficulty, the, the name refers to the difficulty that I had at the time finding any art depicting black halflings. Uh, that has changed since late 2018. That situation has changed. But at the time, I could not find any uh, depictions of black halflings except for one that was an obscure sub-race that no one knows about that literally lives on another planet. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one picture. <laughs> it's a very it's a very blurry image of a couple of black dudes. Like that. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it, yeah. Correct me if I'm... Well, you're probably not going to. Uh, correct me if I... On, on the off chance that I'm wrong. But were, did two of you not met then before like with the first like you were meeting in the first episode yeah so uh yunati and jeremy met uh about t- 10 minutes before we recorded the first ever episode of three black halflings uh smokes yeah it's crazy it was it was a it was, a, it was such a fun experience with, like i always describe it as you like you know when you uh, introduce two friendship groups and they just get on really well and it's like you just sat there like yes, yes it's happening <laughs> uh, and that was me on that zoom i was just like oh it's happening they're, they're bonding yes it was, that was, it was super fun they're bonding it's like real life dungeon mastering you're like yay look at the party's just talking amongst themselves and i don't have to do anything yeah <laughs> oh, those are the best sessions. And they, it was in a, they, all of us were in taverns as well, retrospectively in taverns. Because uh, <laughs> that's the only place that you can meet, of course. <laughs> so we always ask this question too. You guys are obviously doing the podcast and show, but are there any other things that you all are working on? And we always preface it by saying that you can talk about. Sure. <laughs> so um, many is. Hmm. Anything else we're working on? Uh, can we say like just what we're doing in, in our lives generally? Oh, or yeah. like, or d- yeah. Anything. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything noteworthy. There's a few like there's a few projects in the thing in the in the works. Uh, I got cast in my in my first video game the other day. Uh, so that's oh. exciting. That won't be out for a, a while yet, <laughs> but uh, uh, but that'll be good fun. I'll be voicing several NPCs. Uh, the proper like, hey, what was that over there? Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to killing myself, like jumping out of the grass and stabbing myself, and hearing myself go ah. Like I used to be an uh, adventurer, like you, took yes. an arrow to the knee. It, I'm, 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 if <laughs> Hopefully, that you get in as there. epic of a line as that. Uh, <laughs> it would be incredible, incredible. <laughs> But yeah, otherwise, uh, we're on the on the show. We're always sort of working towards some little various one shots. We've got one in the works at the moment, which should be quite fun. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of me, I think. Uh, about what I can talk about, anyway. Uh, what right, about right, you right. guys? What about? 
Uh, legally, at the moment, I think I think I can talk about being a Lowy. Yeah, I can talk about being a Lowy. I'm a Lowy in League of Legends in the new run. Um, nice, and nice. Then I've got a couple of other things with Riot and Blizzard that I can't talk about, and then a couple of other things with Larian that I can't talk about. I know what they are. Yeah. and then a couple of doctor who things that i can't talk about no no actually i can talk about the last centurion that was really fun i enjoyed doing the last centurion that was loads of fun um and then what's the last centurion Inati? the last centurion oh what's his name is his name danny or robbie what's his name i did the thing i read the you did the things if you didn't know (laughs) then listen here listen here she she did a thing that involved a screen i turn up (laughs) i say the lines i was playing lady guinevere it's it's um, Emily Pond's partner and like he goes off and becomes a last centurion. It's that whole story arc in Doctor Who and he gets stuck in Camelot and then he helps people and tries to save like Arthur and that lot. Um, so it was loads of fun and I just screamed and did battle stuff in my room. Um, <laughs> and then, I don't know, just being busy, audio books, more video games. I need sleep. <laughs> Please let me sleep. <laughs> Here's the thing now. Every time I play League of Legends and I get stomped on by a Lowy, yeah, I'm neat. going to know who I'm getting mad at. Yeah. Yep. And every time and every time that I stomp on a Lowy, yeah. I'm going to feel really bad because I know who I'm stomping on. Oh no, it's great. I've had this before in some other games and different podcasts. I do has a lot of voice actors that we talk to, and I'm just like, oh no, this is I don't know that I like this. This is fourth wall. Keep, keep it up. Keep it up. Keep the fourth wall. <laughs> no, that was back. fun. She was fun to play. I liked playing a Kraken priestess who just like stomps on people. It's great. Yeah. I'm like, don't so change my screen color. Come on. This is annoying. I can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> Take it back. Uh, amazing. What about you, Jeremy? Um, I don't I guess I've I've not been doing as much. I DM stuff privately and I work for a uh an online escape room company uh, that where essentially it's like, it's called agent venture, by the way, actually, this is a good plug. Check it out. It's actually really good. Basically you play mission control and each of you have different roles, you and your team. And the, the GM plays dispatch as well as the agent agent venture uh, whom you are guiding on this top secret mission. And they also play all of the other NPCs that you can contact and encounter. And so it's basically you guys as Mission Control helping guide Agent Venture through this mission. Uh, and a lot of fun uh, roles. There's hacking, there's pretending and lying to people, there's navigating things. Yeah, fun. Uh, lots, of, uh, lots of fun times. That's basically what I've been doing. It's because I've been DMing, doing Three Black Halflings, and doing Agent Venture. Uh, it's nice. and yet still busy somehow. <laughs> uh, so not like those things won't keep you busy enough. We, we do make Jeremy DM everything we do on three black halflings. We're just like, Oh, we want to do this thing. That Jeremy, did add to it. Yes. DM for us, please. <laughs> so perfect. And we'll have um, links to all this stuff in the show notes as always, but we have a surprise question, which just means I came up with a question. So this is purely personal. I say we recast a movie. Um, and my suggestion is Back to the Future. Yay! Hey! 
And you want to know what what characters they would play? Is that what is that what you're asking them? So if you listen to Three Black Halflings, they've recast quite a few movies in the best way possible. Um, first off, I assume that um, John Boyega is going to be someone, and then we'll yep. we'll kind of go we'll go <laughs> Marty McFly. Um, so yeah, that's my, how it works. Marty McFly. Um, yes, yeah, that. Yes, that was my thought as well. Um, so yeah, recasting Back to the Future. I feel like John Boyega would uh, he could do a good biff. I feel like John Boyega would have a real fun time doing like that. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like playing the big old bully. I feel like he'd enjoy yeah, that. Like, <laughs> and I think if I got to if see John Boyega in the eighties, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Forrest Whitaker would have been a really good biff mm. in yeah. the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like platoon era Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. But who could replace? Or, um, who could replace Fast Doc, Times. Though? Who would, who would you oh, that was, yeah. I was having in a the, tough time with that one too. The, thinking I know that's 80s not thinking. or or modern. In the I mean Richard Pryor would be a pretty interesting <gasps> pretty fun. Doc Brown in yeah. the 80s. Eddie Murphy could be a fun. Um one. you know what? Eddie Murphy honestly could have played multiple roles in that. Oh movie. Yeah. yeah. He did that in Eddie like, Murphy multiple movies could just do an Eddie Murphy and play literally like all of them roles. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That would be turned into Eddie Murphy oh. vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Doc Brown and Marty. Oh man. The thing is, it wouldn't surprise me if that was like if it comes out in like a BuzzFeed article that that was the original casting that like Spielberg wanted but like Eddie wanted too much money. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like that's an article yeah. that I probably read. <laughs> That would be cool. That would be very cool. I would watch that. I'd watch the hell out of that. Which makes me think of the rumor that was around for a long time, the rumored uh, sequel to Twins, um, and Eddie Murphy was going to be the third of that group. So it was going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> oh, no. Danny DeVito. It was going to be called Triplets. And the, so then just call it Triplets. Yeah, and the third was going to be Eddie Murphy. <laughs> so... Thank that you. I don't know if those, so I don't know if they would have known what to do they, with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, thank you deep in my heart for making no. me remember that that wonderful fact. <laughs> oh man, that is wild. Are they, I, I haven't. Yeah, I, don't know I if I've agree seen with that you, film. What they, would they have done with it? Are they biologically related in in the in the film? Are they are like they yeah, biologically? They're, they're actual twins. Okay. I feel like the idea is that all of the they were trying to create. They were part of a program that was trying to create like the perfect human. And it produced Arnold Schwarzenegger, but all of the leftover stuff got dumped into Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, it's Danny DeVito. So Poor Danny. Danny. wailed on all oh, the yeah. time. He's yeah. Hey, you know what? You know what? He's he made millions. I'm sure, I'm sure that yeah. makes up I feel like for some cool of the wailing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Always he's a beloved. He's a beloved person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. So with that, we're going to finally jump into the topic at hand. And so today we're doing another Raw Real Monsters episode um and we're doing one kind of like we've done in the past if you're a longtime listener you know that we have thrown multiple monsters into um episodes before and that's what we're going to do here and i am excited to hear all of the ideas because i think we'll also inevitably try and tie them together to give you more of a concept of what you would do with all of them um so actually um unati if you want to start um what you want to cool. present your monster um that you wanted to talk about yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of a drider, you know. Um, look, the drow have long been problematic. I mean, we, un we understand that. But as part of like a process of reclaiming stuff, I quite enjoy um, the drow. I mean, the drider, sorry, rather. Even though it is a punishment, like uh, sort of brought down by Lolth on drow who fail her, usually kind of cleric types, um, her acolytes. 
um, who are then punished uh, to forever walk the planet as half sort of drow, half spider creature. Um, I quite fi- I, I enjoy the fact that they tend to generally be women uh, because it's already um, quite a matriarchal actual society. Um, and I like to say, take what the book says and then go, no, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and then and then kind of give them my own sort of twist whether it's a curse or whether, whether they have willfully gone and taken on this extra power so that they can be more fearsome um but i think they're loads of fun they've got a beefy beefy um natural armor class of 19 already Ooh. so they're quite spicy you know mm. um and then um 123 hit points i get 13 uh d10s and they've got a climbing speed of 30 feet as well, which is pretty good. Um, they're like more uh, sort of, they've got pretty good constitution and like decks and strength based. And I mean, they're spiders, so they're like super stealthy and like, you know, move around a lot. But I think you can have a lot of fun sort of playing with a drow. in Because in, I, I'm, drow, I keep calling them drow. Riders, um, because well, they kind of are like sort of like in law, they sort of are. Um, but uh, I sort of like to reclaim them and sort of play out my weird um, uh, mermaids at sea fantasies, luring people into dark caves and wrapping them up in spider webs and slowly eating them. Mm. And I think it's, and I think also like I, it has been done before. I think an Escape from Blood Keep, where like they can also just be player characters as well. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, so I, I really just enjoy them. I think they're, I think they're really, really fun. Um, you want to know more about their stats? Yes, I, I do. One of the things that really tripped me out, cause I, I pulled it up as well. Once you started talking about it was that there wasn't, and I, I mean, this is the terrible DM in all of us. Um, I would add back trimmer sense because I totally thought that was going to be there. And I, I, unless I'm missing yeah. it, because I'm just like, let's make it Whoa. even scarier. Hey, or or yes. at least at the very least, like a web sense or something. You That's know, something. Like, yeah, yeah. Trimmer sense through the web. Yeah. That's why I sometimes go. Or the lair. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Put stuff yeah. in. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like because because of their face ancestry, uh, ancestry, they've got advantage on saving throws against being charmed. Magic can't put them to sleep. That's really obvious. Um, their um, their innate spell casting ability is wisdom, uh, with a spell save DC of thirteen, and it's um, they can cast dancing lights, um, and then once time per day they can cast darkness or fairy fire, and then depending on if you're sort if you, you like you really you can like take them in and just throw them into like a setting as a bunch of monsters, or you can give them like a whole backstory, and then they can retain some of the abilities they had before they mm. went through the change. So there could be other spells hanging over there. That's why I'm like, you can kind of like flex them a bit and pick and mix a bit and have a bit of fun um, if you want. And then they've got spider climb. Uh, the drider can climb difficult surfaces, including upside down on ceilings. I mean, spider, without needing to make an ability check. Sunlight sensitivity. They like to live in caves, dark, dank sort of places. That's usually where they like to live, but you can mess with that if you want to, because I have seen many spiders vexing me in broad daylight in my shower <laughs> while I'm trying to bathe and I don't want to be freaked out. And then I'm scared and jumping out and nearly dying. Well, and what's cool about that is like you take one of those things that's like known about like drow and people that are from the underdark of the sunlight sensitivity and it's automatically like 
Should I be worried that I'm seeing this in the broad daylight? Or is this something that's intriguing <laughs> to me that I want to figure out more? Like, or, it's yeah. an interesting story point because everybody, yeah. when you play D&D long enough, you start to figure out like an orc is an orc, a goblin is a goblin, a human is a human. Like you take those things and change them, put yeah. something in a different context. It's like, oh, yeah, I should, yeah. I should pay attention to that. And it, yeah, yeah, and it's really fun. And then they get a bit of web walker. The dryer ignores movement restrictions caused by webbing. I mean, obviously, there is spider. And then, you know, you go kind of like attacks and stuff. But what I find really fun um, is the fact that um, the reason why spiders are terrifying to humans is because they don't have a preparation. They just move. So like in terms of like when you're kind of RPing them, um, if you've got like, let's say, a couple like in a dark cave, let's say, just to be basic, you can just have them up here out of nowhere um, and just, you know, in terms of how you describe them, it's not, oh, you hear a scuttling. It's in front of you, out of nowhere, a spider <laughs> is by your face to your left side um, because spiders don't necessarily prepare for movement and that's why they're terrifying to humans and that's why I like to taunt my players. Plus also, there's nothing better as a DM than when your players with that stupid grin on their face like, huh, that's a, an 18, I assume that hits and you're like, nope. And uh, what? What do you mean? No. 18 yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that was natural armor. If you want to chuck on like a little yeah, bit anything of extra else. bits Literally. there, you could make it, you know. Yeah, they're intelligent. They could equip armor. Yeah. An armored spider is quite cool. Yeah, that was my thought. Like making them, like you said, Unati, making it that choice that the NPC or the PC has made, I think changes everything about. Yeah, uh, everything about it, because especially like so you've made that intentional choice and then everything that they're going to do from there is going to be an intentional choice. And how much more terrifying is this monster when it's it's doing everything it wants to do? Exactly. And also what I really enjoy about monsters that are quote unquote intelligent is that like then there's the room to negotiate. Then there's the room to have a conversation. You don't have to just go, let's throw down. Yeah. What if, um, it depends on when in the campaign this was, this has been thrown in. Has Lolf appeared before? Um, does this particular, is there potential that some Dryders absolutely hate this god, this goddess now, sorry, rather. Um, and, and there might be opportunity to, in, like, get them on side. You know, like, then it, it opens up a whole bunch of things because now you've got this intelligent creature that, it, yes, is absolutely trying to kill you. But if you give it something that it may want... I don't know. That's literally been the most fun thing that I've been doing with this campaign so far is like helping our players know that you just don't hack and slash things because they're quote unquote bad standing right in front of you. Like you might actually be able to use them to your benefit or they can trick you into using you know for their benefit, you know, (laughs) and like it's a whole story element that just like you may find out five sessions from now, like. That was for my benefit, and now it's not, and that's not fun anymore. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Dryders need blood every four days. What if she's? What if they're running low on supply? Could you supply blood, even if it's ox blood? I think. It, uh, no, does it have to be human? No, it ha- no, it can be any form of blood. Yeah, every four days they must consume. So you could trade. That's just sometimes my Drider voice. They're usually very <laughs> sweet and lovely, and then they suck the brains out. <laughs> it's also uh, yeah you could even convince them to help you fight other people yeah if you're like yeah you can have when these people die uh there you go there you yeah. go how about you it? got them they're all yours how about it? <laughs> you know 
little scavenger situation, vulture situation. You scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of vibe. So yeah, I really love them because I think they're quite versatile. There's loads to do with backstory in there. If you want to like really stretch them out as like a kind of medium big bad or or like a plot point. Um, but also they're great fun monsters to just throw in yeah. and like have a <laughs> kind of effects and have a good time with it, you know? If you just want to go like classic spider. It's a good thing we have that sound recorded. We can use that for our own home games now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Immediately in front of you is a drainer. <laughs> Click. Yeah. Click. <laughs> awesome. So, so we'll we'll jump in. I know we're gonna circle back around. Jasper, you're you're yes. up and I am I'm very excited that this is this is at the forefront of your mind. This is what I you want to talk about. Yeah, this is one of my favorite uh, creatures that I've ever played with. Uh, so I've gone for the Beholder Zombie. Um, mm. uh, there's a few, a few reasons up top why I really like the Beholder Zombie. Part of it is that um, it's kind of rare. Uh, I feel like unless you're running like a campaign for a long time or you're uh, you you're uh, you start at a high level, you actually can really face a Beholder without killing your party. Like most of the time, Beholders are in a lair, so they get advantage because of that. Uh, they're stupidly high DC. They have so many things that can just like insta kill your party or like put them in very compromising situations. So Beholders are so super fun for a DM, but it can be a little tricky to get them into your campaign if your players aren't like at least level 10, 11, probably 12. Like they're, they're, they're kind of crazy, especially if you've got a lot of spellcasters in the, in the group. Oh yeah. So for me, when I came across the zombie beholder, I was like, oh, slightly nerfed, but still just as interesting beholder, which uh, I think will, it, and I think from experience, does elicit the same level of dread in my players uh, when they see it. Um, when I run this, I normally have like quite a, I had like a specific um, uh, counter that I ran with this and it worked super well. So uh, zombie beholder, you've got an armor class of 15, 93 hit points. Uh, it has a flying speed or like a hovering speed of 20 feet. Uh, minus to dex, uh, it's got like, yeah, minus to wisdom, charisma, so it's not going to make any saving throws, so you don't have to worry about that uh, necessarily, uh, but uh, you get undead fortitude, which is super fun. Uh, if damage reduces a zombie to zero hit points, then you make a constitution saving throw, uh, which they get a plus three for, I believe, um, which is DC of five, plus the damage taken, unless it's radiant or critical, and on a success, the zombie just drops to one hit point instead. As well, I just want to point this out for DMs, this is not a one-time use thing. <laughs> uh, this happens every single time. <laughs> like, this thing could keep bouncing back up, like, literally like a football. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and then uh, you get a bite attack, but, I mean, realistically, like, you probably don't want to use that. Uh, you get, But you get uh, four eye rays, uh, which is uh, really, really fun. So, uh, with the four eye rays, you've got Paralyzing Ray... Uh, which is a DC 14, or you're paralyzed for a full minute, uh, and you can repeat the save at the end of the turn. Fear Ray, uh, which is a DT DC 14 again, uh, or be frightened for one minute. Uh, Innovation Ray, uh, the target uh, must make a constitution saving throw of 14, or take uh, 8d8 of necrotic damage, uh, or half as much as a successful one. Uh, and then there is Disintegration Ray. Now this is really fun. Uh, if the target 
is a creature, it must succeed a DC 14 dexterity saving throw or take 45 points of force damage. If the target is reduced to zero hit points, the body becomes a pile of gray dust. And the only <laughs> reason you say that it's fun is because you're a DM. That's why you yes, get to say it's fun. Yes. Well, actually, this is... Th- th- so uh, I've got a little fun story attached to this. So basically, in my, I think, third ever session DMing, uh, I threw this at my players because uh, all the uh, the three players that were playing were pretty experienced, and I was like, "Yeah, they'll be able to handle this. It'll be fine." We got towards sort of like the end of the of the fight, and the you know the zombie beholder was looking pretty rough. One of my players tried to like do a goof. Basically, they were getting away; it was all fine, and they tried to do a goof and ended up basically staying within the zombie beholder's range. And I was like, "Cool, they're gonna shoot Ray." Landed on a four, and I was like, oh, disintegration ray. Cool, 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 no worries. Uh, rolled, and basically, uh, they failed the save. And I'm pretty sure they got reduced within, like, two or three hit points um, of uh, <laughs> of falling to zero, and would have just turned to dust. So there would have been no saves, nothing that have literally just... <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It might have even been that they had bardic inspiration. That was it. Last that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. it was without the bardic inspiration, they would have failed, and the damage that you rolled was enough to kill. Yes, oh. <laughs> and they would have just turned to dust, uh, which is uh, you know kind of kind of wild. And so, uh, but yeah, so basically, the way I set this one up is um, the group walked into a uh, like a uh, it's like abandoned town, and uh, there was a quite a hilarious thing where the two uh, uh, like uh, black PCs were like they walked into the town and went hell no walked out again. <laughs> uh, the white PC was like nah guys it'll be fine let's go and they were like no we don't want to do this um, and uh, they walked in and basically saw like faces of like these sort of zombified creatures like in the window just staring out at them uh, and I actually placed the beholder zombie in a well in the center of town uh, with a, like a, like a, had like a little roof over the top of the well. Uh, and basically the beholder zombie on its turn would just kind of pop out of the well, shoot some beams and then just dip back below. Um, and it worked really well. Uh, and then basically what I gave was effectively like an infinite number of like one hit point zombies that were, had that this be- zombie beholder had basically like, killed everyone in the town and resurrected them as zombies. So there was a bunch of like cannon fodder like in the way. So any melee fighters had to like get like really had to get in close. And uh, I think you were playing a monk at the time, Jeremy. And I remember you just being endlessly frustrated because you were like, I just can't get to it. There's so many friggin' zombies in the way. Um, <laughs> but that was a really, really fun encounter. And yeah, so if you if you've got an itch as a DM to play uh, with a beholder, this is a great way to play with one and not risk killing your party um plus also you as long as they have bardic inspiration yes make sure there's a bard (laughs) in the party otherwise it's uh it's game over Um, it's all over all over um but yeah guaranteed tpk (laughs) Uh, and you can easily like beef this up as well just you know you can sprinkle in a few of the beholder things you can maybe give it a legendary reaction or something like that if you wanted to make it a little bit tougher as well but it's a nice little entry level uh thing and you can create a real i think it's kind of like you said chris it's like going from taking something that people are very familiar with and kind of giving it a bit of a different spin which is why i particularly uh enjoyed this creature so yeah zombie beholder (laughs) 
behold a zombie use it it's fun <laughs> i think i feel bad about what i'm gonna say because i feel like someone will do it and then i feel bad for their players like that's i think mm. yeah that that's how it works in my head no don't feel bad okay. neil their players don't listen to this well show. true so this is only for dms they don't they listen. should <laughs> so again <laughs> they should <laughs> the idea of putting the, the two together like i'm getting some serious like michonne vibes of having that drider and then having two oh, zombie yeah. beholders like <laughs> there together and just how terror like terrifying it is Jeez, and then like, getting to describe that sick. because also like we have i mean it's just been prolific beyond reason like a lot of the zombie media that we've all been able to consume but then that allows you as that dm like i can i can take a lot of time and effort to describe these coming out and that's that hover speed but it's that that like kind of sickly bumping into the walls of the cavern and possibly mm. hitting the top and just like going towards the players um but yeah it's a, just the idea of I, I i quite like that actually because they've got seriously low intelligence because they are a zombie like i like i really love the idea that maybe this uh once beholder has now been kind of uh uh you know is now in servitude of like a drider or something like that that yeah. could be a really fun like the drider using zombie beholders as like bodyguards like that's so wildly terrifying yeah. <laughs> like, well, you, i just <laughs> The thing that I was thinking about is, yeah, like, what's the story behind why this thing is a zombie? Like, yeah, what, that, yeah, what thing was so powerful yeah. that it killed a beholder that now just, like, left it wandering around? And, like, raised it, it back as a zombie as well. Like, I feel like, yeah. you know, most, uh, it, you know, even in mechanical terms, most spells that can bring something back to life, it has to be a pretty low-level creature to do it to. Do you know what I mean? We're talking, like, this is probably lich-level magic to 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 take oh, yeah. a creature as powerful as a beholder and raise it again as sort of a, a zombified version. So, yeah, there's really interesting just, narrative stuff that could happen. Yeah, I just imagine well. the first time, like, a player's like, oh, that's interesting. I cast Speak with the Dead with this thing. Like, I got to imagine that's a super interesting conversation conversation yeah. with a bowler that's probably like PO'd because it was so powerful. Now it's been a zombie for so long. And mm. it's like, maybe they want to help give you all the information to go and be able to take down this big bad because they're just pissed about the fact that they were killed. You know, there's so many fun things yeah. that you could do with that. Yeah. Especially with them being such, such an intelligent creatures, like in life, you know what I mean? I think that there's like a, it's such a, a fun flip of this um uh of the this sort of yeah like the 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 norm of this creature for sure i the best part is i think we can actually jump over and i think jeremy has the answer to who could have made this zombie beholder because Ooh. i will let you introduce your monster and it immediately made me think of like this could be our answer yeah uh my monster is the hag uh, not any one specific kind of hag, but just hags in general. Mm. I think that they're extremely versatile. It, they can be used in either low-level campaigns or high-level campaigns, especially if you take some of the higher CR fey creatures, um, such as, what is it, the Sea Fury? Sea Fury, yeah. You can yeah. take the Sea Fury and reskin, reskin it as a hag. Uh, but essentially, it's... I think the the my favorite aspect of it is actually the the RP element because everybody uh, that I know at least grew up with the tales of the 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 scary cabin in the woods or in the wilderness that you arrive and there's this creepy hag type figure you know the Hansel and Gretel etc 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 and that's really what the hag taps into 
Um, mechanically, most of them are not crazy strong. You get a lot of like CR five, six, seven, which is solid, but doable for like, as long as your party is like at least like level four or five, they can probably take down such a hag. But I think it's about the, the fact that hags are fey and because they deal in fey magic, I think that gives you leeway to bend the rules of the game and give hags abilities that creatures normally wouldn't have. There may not be a spell for that exactly approximates what this hag is doing. Uh, and if you really want to just go mechanical and make your hag more powerful that way, you can uh, put make them part of a coven, yes. where you have a group of hags yes. who gain access to more spells. Those and are all, so much are fun. All much stronger <laughs> than they are. Individ- yeah, exactly. And it really heightens... If I'm not wrong, uh, Coven uh, variant hags as well. They get like heightened damage output and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And much better spells. Uh, you, they can, you can have hags that can cast Polymorph suddenly. Um, and a lot of the hags also have just cool little abilities. Like the Sea Hag uh, has a pretty cool ability called Death Glare. Uh, she has a quality that says that is called Horrific Appearance. And if you uh, any humanoid that starts its turn within 30 feet... Uh, must make a DC 11 wisdom saving throw, and on a failed save, the creature is frightened for one minute. But the hag has an ability called Death Glare. If there is a uh, creature within 30 feet of her that is frightened, uh, it must succeed on a DC 11 wisdom save uh, or drop to zero hit points. So it's essentially, it can combo into a Death Glare Mm -hmm. and just knock down a party member very easily. That's the thing with a bunch bunch of hags, that there's like that combination effect that like, they're not so like mechanically and damage wise, they're not so scary all the time. Now the uh, Ani's hag is just like, if it, if it reaches you, it's going to crush you. Like that's its thing. But like, yeah, you think about the night hag or the dusk hag, like I think it's the night hag. Like if you're asleep, if it puts you to sleep and then it like, I think it's like eats your dreams or whatever it is. Like it's going to yeah, crush nightmare. you, right? Like it's going, it's going to hurt, but it takes two turns to get to that, you know? That D&D life where he just casually, without any inflection, was like, and it eats your dreams. And then more words yeah. follow yeah. that. <laughs> like, so it's no being a DM, man. Like, we yeah. Just, yeah. this is how we talk this about it. This is how we talk, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm on a list for my Google characters. searches, and I'm sure we all are. Uh, I don't know what that list is, but I'm on it. <laughs> but I'm on it, yeah. Uh, going back to the, the sea hag, though, Jeremy, you remember the first PC death I ever had to deal with was at the hands of a sea, yeah. a sea fury. And this actually happened because they have a bestow curse as one of their spells. Um, it is that is like a crazy disadvantage thing. Disadvantage on is it disadvantage on just wisdom saves or whatever? Kind whatever of save, you, save uh, you think you choose. Uh, disadvantage on an ability check or saving throw um, that becomes da-da-da. yeah. And then and she gave him disadvantage on wisdom saves, right? Yes, a di- wisdom saves, and then they get disadvantage on attacks against you, um, uh, which is which is wild. Um, and then. Yeah, if it's, um, whilst cursed, the target has to make a wisdom saving throw at the start of each of its turns, and if it fails, it wastes its action for that turn and does nothing. Uh, like, it's just so crazy, and then if you couple that with the fact that if then that, the Sea Fury is close to you, uh, you've then got to make a wisdom saving throw or uh, 16 and drop to zero hit points, so if you do that at disadvantage, <sighs> yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of likely. <laughs> pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, There's nothing pretty- more frightening as a player to watch one of your compatriots fall to the ground immediately mm, just being yeah. like uh maybe we didn't think this was as big of a deal and now our friend is just dead <laughs> like there's a difference between like getting yep. slowly hit down like hey you're taking 11 points of damage over and over and over it's a different thing to have like hey i've got 50 health points and now i'm just gone 
just yep. done. You know? Done. Like that's frightening. Uh, this this is one of my favorite ever stories. Um, my uh, chaos group, as I call them, uh, they rolled up out of this town. They just saved this town. They were all properly high on life. Uh, so they were just like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I described basically that they were on the road and they just, one of them uh, rolled quite a high perception check. I was like, oh, you spot like there's a graveyard like buried in a thicket of trees. And as you get, uh, and they were like, oh, we'll go check it out. And they got a bit closer and there was like this big, it was super eerie, dilapidated looking church. Uh, and there was basically a bunch of ghosts inside. I had like this huge long backstory about what these ghosts were doing and how they related to the town they just came from. And it was going to make them feel conflicted about what they just did in the town, all this kind of stuff. And basically one of the players, because they were so like hyped up, they saw a ghost face like in the window and they turned around to their friends and just went, hey, you want to mess up some ghosts? And then like their friends went, yeah, why not? So he just eldritch blasted this ghost, right? Turns out this ghost was a white. Uh, is it a white, I believe? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, basically has the whale once per day. Uh, oh, Banshee. Banshee, so that's the one. So Banshee, the, the Banshee just came out of the church, wailed one time, three out of four party members dropped to zero hit points. They failed a DC 11 <sighs> wisdom saving throw. Three of four dropped down to zero hit points immediately. And the one that was left was a warlock. <laughs> and he was just like... <laughs> What do I do? <laughs> like I, I don't know what to do. Like I, I can't save all of my friends. I have no healing at all. Uh, and so, yeah. he was the one that cast Eldritch Blast to begin with, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> my first thought is also like this is why one like warlocks end up being one of the more interesting classes from especially an RP perspective. Because my thing is like if I was the warlock, I'd be like, damn it, I might have a new patron. Um, like this is yeah, my yeah, only yeah. power. Like, <laughs> hey, um, whatever you need, like we're we're good now. Just we're let together. me know. And um, and like, <laughs> but the fact that that's even a possibility is such a such a cool thing about that class. Yeah, I was gonna say also with the hag, also definitely with the uh, drider that has two zombie beholders. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I want like I really want the the drider to have like the zombie beholders on like chains. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like that feels genuinely <laughs> quite <Michonne> terrifying. <laughs> like you hear the sound of chains being dragged, and you're like, oh, what's yeah. it gonna be? And actually, it's like a floating creature that's dragging the, these chains behind, and then you just see this spider human. Oh man, like that's. Yes. Ooh, uh, ooh, uh, that's. Well, I also think of like not seeing the drider. Because your players are going to be so hyper focused on the zombie beholders, and then, like like Unadi said, you're, you're just the, it's just there, it's just there, just there. It's just yeah, a spider. Well, it's just there. Yeah. <laughs> she's just been on the ceiling the whole time. Yeah, well, I was supposed to say the drider could have been holding on to the chain at some mm. point and then just let go and disappeared. And two rounds in, the drider just drops down behind your players, and you're just like, you get hit, but you 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 feel a sword get shoved into your back. You have no idea why or how, and then you turn around and there's a drider. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Insert yeah. sound effect. Yeah, right. Click. Yeah. <laughs> if you really the the other nice thing with the hag is that there's a fair amount of versatility in terms of how like dark tonal you want to go because mm. it could just be like a ooh kind of creepy storybook hag, but then on the other end of it you have the beer hag. Or Buerhag. I'm really not. I guess it's Buerhag, probably. That has the ability Maddening Feast. Uh, if there is an enemy within five feet of her that has died within the past minute, she can eat them. <gasps> and every creature within uh, every creature of, the, of her choice that is within sixty feet of her and able to see her must succeed on a DC fifteen Wisdom save or be frightened of her for one minute. 
Uh, while frightened in this way, a creature is incapacitated, can't understand what others say, can't read, and speaks only in gibberish. The DM what? controls the creature's movement, which is erratic. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on its success. Blah, blah, blah. The same is basically the same as any other uh, monster saving throw. What? But the, yeah, it could just straight up start eating peeps. That's, like, that would be so horrific if you've just lost, like, a PC. Yeah. And the hag yeah. just jumps on them and starts eating. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you fail, it jumps in there. You're also, it's just being described. You're, you're, you're having no interaction because i mean the, oh. you're having a normal interaction to to the occurrence in front of you but just like you don't have any recourse it's just i wish i had some celery now <laughs> i can make the sound of bones <laughs> oh yeah well, i mean there's so many things you could do with that too like if you're if you know you're going to this hag out in the middle of like this mountain or forest or whatever this hag may keep people around when she knows that people yep. are coming and as you're walking up to the house you hear a shriek you know like she has, she has killed somebody, knowing that these people that might be coming are going to harm, try and harm her in some way, and so she's already prepared because she's intelligent for this moment to be like, "This is how I frighten people, and I've planned for this moment." You know, because otherwise you have to like wait for a PC to fall, and then they start devouring the corpse. And it's like, well, we can think ahead on this and yeah, make the, make the mechanics a little bit more, you, keep, you, you know. keep a little farm of people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? as, as a scare tactic. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I had, that, that does raise a good point though, because like, I, I think especially with, um, I think especially with like all three of the, the creatures that we've just mentioned there, like ways to like make them more threatening or like even deadly for a party. Like think about environmental stuff as well, like as, as just like their abilities, because in like all of these cases, if you put them in an environment that is suitable for them and like, uh, and potentially going to disadvantage your players, you make them vastly stronger. Do you know what I mean? Like me giving that zombie beholder cover effectively made it so much more difficult for the party to just hit it like it doesn't have a lot of hit points but if the party can't hit it and it's doing the the you know the these things then makes a big difference and again if the hag can prepare i mean you know if the hag's got a game yep. plan going in that's that's a whole different thing to catching a hag like uh, unawares you know yeah yeah I think maybe Jasper, you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's one of the really fun ways um, as a DM to kind of turn things up a little bit is to add that layer action because what it does is it spreads out like the activity of the monster because I'm just guaranteeing that it's on initiative 20. And then mm. where am I in that initiative order on the outside of that? And I think that's what makes that monster scarier is that this is going to happen here. But then what else are they going to do over by making hand motions? Because you can all see me. Um, it will happen on initiative <laughs> 20. And then like mm. on the actual initiative count that they rolled, something else will happen. And so I think that's no matter what the CR is, thinking about something like um, a layer action because they have prepared is a really good way to kind of turn the dial. And again, like going back to what Chris said, turning things on its head of just like, wait, wait, hold up. This is a, what are we doing here? This is a CR three. What do you mean? There's a layer action. And I'm like, well, like you went into their home, like yeah. uh, home layer, whatever, like they're ready for you. Yep. Yeah. And bringing all of this together and adding an additional element, I have a story. So the additional element is the aspect of fey creatures in general, and it, depending on how how far you want to go with it, playing by sort of fey rules, where sometimes what you say is taken very literally or reinterpreted to the other creature's advantage. You have to be extremely careful. There's all this specific etiquette. You can't eat or drink anything, uh, etc. And it's all transactional. I had introduced 
uh, a hag into one of my campaigns uh, that was basically a gatekeeper who would allow, she would enable the players to travel into the Feywild. But she had actually, I had introduced a mechanic whereby in order to travel from the Feywild to the Prime Material or from the Prime Material to the Feywild, you needed to give something up. Because since those reflect those planes are reflections of each other, you're kind of unbalancing them by leaving. So you have to leave something behind. Uh, and if you don't give it up, then essentially those planes will conspire and take it from you. Uh, in some way, you know, bad things will befall you. And so this hag had given up her ability to see. But essentially it was the hag from Hansel and Gretel. And she had a stable of people there disguised as animals that she'd enchanted to look like animals and had under her control. That essentially if things go bad and this comes to a fight, uh, I she can start chowing down. And not only that, but regain. I had it so she could also regain hit points by doing that. But essentially it was like you have all of these rules where it's like the players have to there's a there's the creepiness of the little cabin at the edge of the at the, like the cliffside you know all of the villages around live in fear of this person no one even mentions her name there's all these legends about her uh and then when you arrive it's this uh little lady who can't see but still somehow knows everything that's happening around her and is moving with complete confidence even though you're all a bunch of strangers who've shown up at her house and like one thing after another there's i got one of the party members to basically agree to go behead hansel and gretel once they got into the Feywild, because they said the wrong thing, and they were too afraid of trying to say no. So they were basically like, okay, I'll go do it. Uh, and they were going to cut off Hansel and Gretel's heads and put them in the stove that the witch had been burned in from the story. She was like, ha get back at him. Uh, so it's like, all, and then they didn't realize who she was. Until like right when they started, she sent them through the portal. And as as they went past through, the enchantment on herself lifted so they could see that she was horribly burned. Mm. Uh, and then all of the little animals around were actually people who were all screaming. And oh. it was like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Like it became I feel like that and an encounter like that ends up being extremely memorable. And mm. the hag, because of the the cultural history surrounding the hag as an idea, gives you a lot more leeway to play with the rules of how all of this works in a way that you don't get to with a lot of other monsters. And that's why I really like the hag. Like I, I was just thinking the entire time you were talking about the hag and like the people that were tr like polymorphed essentially into animals. I was like, what if they're all former adventurers that like the city below had like tried to get to go up there and take care of this hag? They just mm. didn't tell you about this before you went up there in hopes of like, maybe these will be the people that can can do that, you know? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say this on stream, but because she is the Hansel and Gretel hag, she eats kids. Uh... And so all of the surrounding villages, in order to have a proper relationship with her, she will control the weather for them and make the weather favorable. And in exchange, each village will give her one child a year, as well as any child from any village they're able to catch. So all the villages outside of those villages have big walls and never let their kids outside. They're all on like leashes and stuff because if they if they get free, there's a very real risk of those kids getting captured and taken to the hag. So all those people were actually just kids that were screaming okay. uh, around the I circle. was going to say too, and you and probably so, have entire villages that like don't have kids. Like everybody's like 30 yeah. and older, you know? Mm. Exactly. Which is like, you don't uh, think about that. Like you, you don't always think to look like, are there children around in this town? You know, like 
You might have mm-hmm. to have somebody have a really high passive perception to notice something like that. Like, hey, you're walking around, you see dogs, you see animals, you see people, but they're all over 30. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's weird. I love putting in those little things because you're just like, you're just, you're like, you're tempting the player, like, come on. Like, come on, like, think, yeah. just, like, think yeah. about yeah. it for a second. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. yeah. And the party had a kid with them to make matters worse. One of the one of the PCs had their had a child who was like he was he was like 16. But still, like enough of an age range to be like, yeah. this is maybe not the guy you want to bring in. Yeah. To talk to this lady. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fun. So my thought was, let's go back around and kind of like final thoughts on either the, the monsters you brought up, the monster someone else brought up um, and just like. I guess, yeah, one final round of like awesome and honestly very terrifying ideas that we have plagued other people with. Um, <laughs> other, pe- other people's players yeah, sorry. we haven't plagued yes. them with. We've gifted. I don't know. We have gifted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Unati, what is kind of like, yeah, just like I said, final round of kind of last thoughts. Um, yeah, like last thoughts on them. I guess for me, I'm I'm more sort of intrigued about the drider that chooses to take on the spider legs. Like that for me is kind of like, oh, what's how how crazy is that human that person? <laughs> like, what's <laughs> knocking about, and what's their end goal? Um, to want to become some sort of aberration to, uh, to be able to achieve it. Um, and that just kind of like then sends me spinning. In terms of mm. like creative provocation and like what that could possibly be, um, yeah, that's pretty much my sort of last thought. On it, that. it also opens up the possibility of having other fantasy races yeah. make that choice. If it's like a choice, yeah, why not we? Why not have a gnome, a, a gnome drider, yeah. a knighter, running around? <laughs> yeah, like you know, if, if somebody wants to go have that conversation with Lulf, they're more than welcome to. I was going to say, <laughs> is it like the normal drider, like? bulbous back and legs and then like yeah. tiny gnome on top Aracrider? I mean uh, yeah. that could be that, that, would be, <laughs> that would be truly horrendous I mean a bird face on a spider no. okay see but then just like with D&D then my first thought is like we started like veering off to the side then I was like oh the loxodon did it <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! A lighter. It's oh just a, my an word! An elephant oh. on top of. Just, this like, is oh. a fun game. <laughs> shooting, shooting webs out of its trunk. Yeah, the spider legs are just struggling to keep up with the weight of the yeah. elephant. Just like oh god! <laughs> oh Complete wow! Abomination! Wow! Yeah, <laughs> truly horrendous. So, Jasper, you, any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are that I've used uh, I, I've used hags a lot in my games and this has just made me think even more about like the situational elements or like, you know, hags having a bit more, um, I guess, space to like, uh, what do they want? What do they need? And I love the idea of, um, I, I've set up a bit of a mechanic whereby like hags are more powerful in their own domain or in the Feywild itself or, uh, and I and I sort of, I'm the same as Jeremy and I, I think that, I want to definitely push it further and like maybe some of the things they can do aren't explicitly mechanically uh, like sound as long as they're not sort of ro- uh, world breaking uh, just because I think that if you want to add that little sense of terror to your to your uh, party you know uh, having you know little things happen that just don't seem like possible like you know uh, um making a player like stop talking or something like they can't open their lips like i feel like that would just ooh, like that really yeah you just see skin fit. grow over their mouth or yeah, something yeah like, yeah like that is like truly tr- like 
you know, and just getting players, you know, my, my, one of my favorite things to do, and I feel like you could do it all the time with the hag, is just go, uh, cool, can I get a uh, charisma saving throw, please? Um, and then they roll and you just go, okay, cool. Like, I feel like you've just got so much scope to do that as a, you know, with, with the hag and just sort of like, oh, yeah, you'll find out what happened at some point. You know, like, it, it'll happen. Like, you'll, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. There, there is a limit, though, I do have to say. I may say this only because I played in a game one time where we were level, we had just reached level two and the DM had a trio of hags show up. Oh, wow. And stop time for an entire village indefinitely just could pause the village wow that's and they had in their employ i think a giant uh i can't remember if it was a chimera or what else but it was like all this level two yeah i was gonna say you were level two yeah the the faces if you could see the faces in this zoom call as you described it yeah (laughs) is that a tpk this is a like that sounds like tpk i ended up i did not continue with that game i was gonna say is that where it ended like you just like hey tpk like <laughs> this, is, this is when we yeah. find out there were 25 player characters in that session. Oh, yeah. oh okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. <laughs> On an actual economy <laughs> basis, at least two of yes, them survive. We have a shot, you know. <laughs> and that's because they but ran away. Yeah, when you're stopping time, yeah. it's like that's like a level nine. Isn't that a ninth level? Yeah. Ninth level spell. It only does it for one round. Yeah, or not even one round. Uh, no, I think no, it's, it's one round. It stops it for one round. I think it's a d4 rounds like i think it, it the, i think oh, it can okay. be up to four rounds i think is the is the, like, yeah the so these yeah. these haggis can cast epic level magic and we're that's we're like epic two. boon level stuff like that's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh jeremy any other thoughts uh i'm i'm now really intrigued by the idea of a hag drider a hider well obviously uh where it's like Boy. a hag who has made this decision and just it's like she pulls up her 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 skirt and just <laughs> like you see all these like little spider legs just start to unfold and she rises up uh with like her staff and all this stuff <laughs> yeah could be a lot of fun that actually does remind me i did do uh this is a this is actually linked to the zombie beholder uh and i should have mentioned it earlier i did uh have a instance where a curse had been laid upon this like a whole like city basically uh and the big bad at the bottom of the basement effectively was a giant whose head had been removed and a zombie beholder had like attached itself like to the head as like a uh, as its head uh and was like controlling it so basically what the idea was that it gave the zombie beholder then like some really serious threat at like close range as well because they were wielding like a giant uh like axe that they were just swinging around with like a 10 foot reach um with all these irates yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was a it was a very wild uh encounter but like really really fun um so welcome to dnd folks where stuff like that happens (laughs) yeah and that's normal (laughs) yeah right right wow okay so i i know we had i had mentioned the homework section and we can quickly hit through that if anything had come up um so like i can take a couple real quick as examples of things that really stuck out to me um so I, for the drider it made me think of uh, saga the comic series and, and yeah the, it's definitely yeah, what i love stock. about it yeah uh, and just like <laughs> and the stock yeah, yeah it's, it's like absolutely all the motivation behind yeah. that and then making it going so many different ways of even an npc that they interact with on a regular basis and then that tenuous relationship of well are we all gonna die we might uh, or yeah not i don't know um yeah, like the stalk is absolutely my favorite rendition. Like, this, she's a beautiful character. It's an- and I love the fact that she has no arms. Yeah. Because her legs yeah. are the arms. You don't need them. <laughs> the, the other one I thought was um, kind of to help with the hags. Not that it is an overwhelmingly great piece of cinema, but the Hansel and Gretel um, with Jeremy Renner. 
in oh, it. Yeah. Um, there's a oh, lot of yeah. D&D stuff to take from that. So like the, usually some subpar movies are great D&D inspiration to pick out pieces and parts <laughs> um, and add them into your well, the movies like that usually have like really interesting lore stuff, right? It's what makes them like actually genuinely interesting in the first place. But they just the execution isn't always the best. But like yeah, usually there's yeah. like elements of it that you go, oh, actually this is like I think it was I've had the same reaction to the it was like Snow White and the Huntsman. I was like this film sucks, but <laughs> like there's some really interesting takes on this story like that I've not you know I've not heard before, and you know so yeah I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly with that. Uh, I guess I'd throw in for the hag also looking up. Uh, I know Fables has some pretty interesting, powerful witches in it, uh, the comic Fables, and also uh, checking out just folklore in general. Like, if you go back to the original stories that a lot of these monsters are drawn from, you can get, see what made them scary in the first place and uh, bring elements of that into it. Uh, stuff like Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga is a treasure trove <sighs> yeah. of ideas. Mm. Uh, just, go, yeah, go, go check out some some folklore about hags. There's some good stuff in there. So the other most important question we have, by far and away, is where can people go to see all of the awesome work that you're doing? Um, League of Legends gets stomped out, so that's uh, the number one. But wh where else can they go on the, the wonderful internet and find all you're doing? Uh, yeah, so we are available wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, so that is uh, just three black halflings. Um, and yeah, any anywhere you get podcasts, you should find us. If you find a place where you can't find us, let us know. And we'll put it up there too. Um, uh, and we're also available on all social medias um, at TB Halflings. Um, uh, we have a Discord as well, which is a really, really fun place uh, where we have lots of conversations like this. There's a conversation happening at the moment, I think, about the new one, Arthur Kana, which she just got released today so loads of really really cool things happening over there um and then yeah we also have a patreon as well so if you want like bonus episodes and more discussion and deep dives and all this kind of stuff we have do all kinds of stuff on there as well so i think that's covered everything would you say guys tv halfling time yeah if you want to go hear the first episode that wasn't any good you got to head over to the patreon yeah here it's one of the rewards yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, neil yeah, is yeah. gonna start <laughs> pushing that as a goal he's gonna a real yeah, stretch yeah, yeah. goal yeah where can where can people find each of you individually if they want to follow you outside of the show as well? Uh, yeah, so I am on uh, Twitter at uh, JW underscore Cartwright, I believe, uh, and Jasper W. Cartwright, I think, on Instagram. So that's where you can find me if you want to follow me personally. Don't follow me? No, you can. Um, I'm at LU Lewis Niao on Twitter and on Instagram. What am I? I think LU, no, Luyanda Lewis Niao. On Instagram. I should probably make those things one thing, but you know. <laughs> I mean. <Man. laughs> eh, eh. But yeah, I, I'm around. There aren't very many Luanda Lewis Nyaos. You can, you can have a look. Uh, I have a Twitter. I don't remember the name of it. I've never <laughs> sent a tweet. Uh, I have an Instagram. Uh, if you find it, you can follow me. I don't post anything. I literally got an Instagram so that I could follow my friend's art account and like her art so that it would get boosted. That is, I don't really use social media very often to actually publish anything. So uh, if you really want to talk to me, the Discord is probably the best spot. Mm. I respond on there with relative frequency. So, yeah. Or Patreon, if you if you can message us on Patreon. Yeah. There we go. And we'll take as much as that as we can. And again, we'll put it in the show. I point down. I get so used to being able to see people go down to the show. Notes. I don't know. They might be to the side. They might be above you. Um, but um, <laughs> beyond that, we just want to thank all of you so much for coming, spending some time, sharing your ideas with us and sharing it with our listeners. 
for sure. No, thank you so much for having sure. us on. This has been this has been it's great. Fun. I love I love doing I love DM talk about uh, the the uh, the hells we unleash on our players and how much fun we secretly have. It's very rare as a DM you get to geek out about the stuff you threw at your players because normally the other DMs you know are like playing in your games. So it's quite nice to be able to be like, yeah, like I've got this thing coming up, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My uh, players so yeah. recently started listening to the podcast oh, no. and now ah, I'm like, no. Talking about, oh, no. Talking about you, Alan. <laughs> talking about you. <laughs> He's like, so you talked Alan. about this thing about weather. You didn't do weather this this what? game. Oh. I'm like, come on, Alan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold me accountable for things I say. Come on. Maybe that'll just add to the sense of uh, dread when they're like, oh, yeah, you see some spiderwebs in a cave. Now they're going to be like, oh, the dryer's here. There's a dryer in here, run! You walk into a village and you, you see zombies the in the chains. windows and you see a well in the middle. Oh, beholder zombie. Beholder okay. zombie, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also there's a cabin. Yeah, a little old lady. And, and, and there's right animals. You. There's animals everywhere. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, okay, okay. You still got to fight it, so, yeah. I mean, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. For real, though, it was super great having you guys on this was this was an absolute blast uh, to be able to talk with you all no thank you very much thanks for having us this has been awesome we just want to take a minute to thank jasper unati and jeremy for coming on sharing with us their terrifying mix of monsters the ideas that are still plaguing my brain to this day and will no doubt haunt players around the world and if you like that and you want to tell us how you used an undead beholder, a drider, or hags in your game, you can always email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And of course, you can always head over to your podcatcher of choice, leave us a review, and let us know, and we'll read it on air. As always, you can also follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's DMs block. And of course, you can like us on Facebook to follow us and see all the things that we're doing. And today's Patreon shout-out goes to DM Remember Reach. And they are a silver dragon terrorizing the Patreon skies, the forums, and wherever they so choose. As always, the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network where you can check out other shows like We're So Bad at Adventuring, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, Detentions and Dragons, and more. And as always, thank you for listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all of the people at the table. I'm DM Neil. Good night, good luck, and keep on Dungeon Master. It's not inspiration, it's not wisdom, and it's bad advice. The next time you introduce a snake or a spider to your game, just go buy one. Just bring it to the table. It'll be fine. Goodbye.